real quick before I start this um, week's episode. Um, I want to tell you why it's a little bit, a little bit later. Um, Kathy Pugh, mayor of Baltimore City, um, resigned today. So that's news. Um, there were speculation for a little while about what she was going to do, according to the city charter, um, the acting um, mayor, uh, Jack Young, um, and some of his staff concluded, you know, the city charter doesn't say that um, you can boot a mayor uh, out of office, pardon the term, but you can't get rid of a mayor um, just uh, unless they've been committed, uh, they've been a, a, a what is it called? Convicted of a crime. So they either have to resign or they get booted because they were convicted of a crime. Neither was the case up until today, Thursday, um, when she, um, resigned. Um, yeah. And so I had been watching Twitter like a hawk because the other political news was that there, you know, with the, um, the Speaker of the House, or the, actually, yeah, yeah, the Speaker of the Maryland House had passed away suddenly, and there was a lot of speculation about who would be the new Speaker, and now it's, you know, uh, I think, what's her name, Adrian Jones, um, black woman from uh, who's representing Baltimore County, I think the, the 10th District, Baltimore County, um, West Baltimore County, really, kind of Southwest Baltimore County. And anyway, um, so I was following the news because of that, because yesterday, uh, Wednesday was, um, the day that that vote was going to go down. And, um, first it looked like it was going to be Maggie McIntosh, who was my representative, but ultimately it, it went down to, um, Adrian Jones. So anyhow, so, and, and Adrian Jones is the first black woman to be the speaker of the house of uh, Maryland house, um, which is a big deal, big deal. Um, and so anyway, so we, I was watching that and all of a sudden there was news that said that, um, you know, uh, Mayor Pugh's attorney had visited her home in Ashburton, really fancy neighborhood of Baltimore, um, in Baltimore city, but Baltimore is full of little Nancy, fancy enclaves that are so expensive and only the elite live. And so, um, or you've got some money if you're in the area. And so, um, you know, Kathy lived in Ashburton. And so there were reporters that were staked out of her house, staked out at her house, as well as some of her friends who are, you know, leaders of churches, um, and founders of organizations and things like that. They'd held a prayer vigil last night. It was big. And anyway, so, you know, it was said that either outside of the courthouse or outside of the, um, the uh, mayor's house, city hall, <laughs> city hall. Um, there was the city solicitor had handed um, Mayor Pugh, Pugh's attorney, an envelope, and the uh, Baltimore Sun reporters witnessed it at the time, but they couldn't get word out of the the lawyer as to the contents of the package. And then subsequently, you know, they sent reporters to Mayor Pugh's house, hoping for the lawyer to show up at Kathy's house, and sure enough, he did. Um, and yeah, it was it was alleged that the the what was contained in the packet that was given to her uh, lawyer by the city solicitor was a draft resignation letter. And, you know, when the lawyer got out of his car and walked into the house or was walking toward the house, of course he was asked, you know, what are the contents of the package? Are you going to confirm them? Is the mayor resigning? And he said, you know, nothing at that time. And then like maybe two hours later, so he goes in the house and he sits with Kathy. And then two hours later, he comes back um, and he says there's going to be a press conference today. 
Um, and so, you know, the writing was on the wall, or at least a lot of folks were speculating that, she, well, she could either have said two things. She could say, I ain't going nowhere. You thought, um, you know, deal with it. I'm just going to be here until I get better. Or she was going to resign. And in this instance, the smart thing to do, given everything that's been going on, um, was for her to resign. And so it's like, we've been, what a whirlwind of a year. What a whirlwind. I'm gonna have a whole episode on that at some other point. I know y'all probably don't care nothing about Baltimore city politics, but it just feeds my soul because it's a city where I live. Um, and I care very deeply about what's going on here. So anyway, enough about that. So now here's the episode. Just ignore some of the, um, some of the banter before I actually get to the episode um, because it was recorded a little while ago. All right. Okay. Enjoy the episode. I'm Bay, and you're listening to Bay Baltimore, a weekly pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. This week, I want to review the Netflix film, Black Summer. Okay, so by now you have watched Little um, and the verdict's been out on that, that it's it's a cute film um, and it's, you know, there are cast members in there, uh, Regina Hall and, you know, little Marseille Martin, of course, her being an executive producer at 14 years old. Um, and then, you know, Issa Rae, of course, and you, you want to root for them. Um, so yeah, but that was like a, it was like, a, it was like a kid's movie. Yeah, it was like a kid. It's, it was a kid's movie, honestly. Anyway, um, so you've seen, you've seen Little by now, um, and you've probably seen, or you're about to see, um, Endgame, Avengers Endgame. I'm going to see it eventually, um, because I'm a superhero movie fan um not really a fan of the Avengers because you know I don't see enough black characters um and Hawkeye or not what what's that what the dude what's that dude's name with the the black one that hangs out with Hawkeye and Black Widow and all of them like that's not that's not good enough they always put the black guy they always put a black guy in there you know what I mean like when they when most times when you're thinking about movies you know, when you want to be diverse, when you put a black person in there, it's usually a black man and he could be as dark as can be. Um, but when you talk about putting a black woman in there, she is as light as can be. And there's nothing wrong with the diaspora or not the diaspora, but the, the, the color spectrum. It's just the Hollywood formula is old. And so what I see on screen is, you know, you sprinkle, you know, I, I appreciated Black Panther because it was the, you know, you got, you got to see the array for the most part of brown skin. Well, within reason, they're mostly just brown folks, but you did see some lighter skin folks in the, in the, in the movie, but yeah. So, you know, it was, it, I guess that, well, I forgot what the last Avengers movie was part one, um, to the thing was, um, you know, you had, uh, shoot, I can't call her name. Oh, I can't call her name. But Danny, Denai, is it Denai? Guerrera? Ooh, I done messed up that woman's name. You know who I'm talking about. Um, anyway, her beautiful self was in there, but then she got snapped away. So I'm hoping, you know, by the time I see it, maybe she will have come back. 
because that would be awesome. No, 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 she's there, but T'Challa's not. That's what it was. T'Challa got snapped away. Anyway, um, yeah, T'Challa has to come back. Anyway, but I digress. Um, those movies bore me because it's just like, on the movie posters, you you have Danny Denai in there, like, in the corner, but you don't even have her name on there. T'Challa's not even super big. I mean, um, what's that man? Chad, Chadwick? Anyway, um, he's not even super big on the poster or whatever. And I know people have talked about this already. But, um, yeah, I want to see more black and brown characters. I do. And all of these these Marvel movies that they say that are coming up um, are still a bunch of white characters. Like, there are... I've been learning more. I, I, I didn't grow up reading the comics like that. But I've been learning that there are Latinx characters. I'm sure that there are... Um, I mean, shoot! By now, as much as as much as these action hero uh, action movies and superhero movies like to use um, martial arts, I'm sure there's got to be an Asian character. So, like, I want to see movies that focus on people of color, not just another white person in another flavor. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know. I'm, I, I want to see. No, I do know. I want to see um, more people of color in the superhero films in the lead, um, and specifically, I want to see Storm. I want to see another storm. I want Halle Berry was a wonderful storm, but I want storm. I, I want a brown, brown storm. Um, just, mm, mm, just good, good brown. Um, yeah, I want a storm. I want another. I want a storm film. Mm-hmm, that's what I want. Anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, you, you know, these movies have come out. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you got Netflix just churning out more films. And there are some films that you couldn't pay me to watch that uh, Netflix is churning out. Um, And then there are films like Beyonce's Homecoming that I will pay you gladly. I will continue to pay you gladly to watch. I don't mind that you're going to hike up my uh, my fee uh, to, to stream Netflix films. If that means that you give me Beyonce. Um, also there is, it's like, sometimes like Netflix is like hit or miss. Um, but sometimes, you know, the, in the recommendations, you know, how Netflix gives you those recommendations. Sometimes the recommendations are pretty good that they give me. Um, and one of the films that I was recommended was Black Summer. And I looked at the preview and it was like, ooh, it's an apocalyptical. Is that the right one? Apocalyptical. You know what I mean? Apocalyptical, end of, end of world, um, zombie apocalypse. Uh, we're all gonna, you know, we all gotta survive. Something has happened and now we're all messed up and we gotta figure out what, what that thing was that happened is turning us all into zombies. Um, type of, of scenario. So, um, so yeah, I watched it and I actually binge watched it because each episode wasn't like super long. So I was just like, Pew. I watched the whole thing. So I am going to talk about that today. Okay, so let's talk cast and plot of Black Summer. So the film stars Jamie King as Rose, Justin Chukeri as Spears, Christine Yuck, I think it's Yuck Gwen Lee. Um, they gave this woman an English name on Netflix. Seriously, her name ain't nobody's Christine. Anyway, um, so anyway, Yuck Gwen Lee is um, 
Kayung Sun um, and or son for short um, and then there's Sal Velez Jr. who is lazily just named William Velez <laughs> but okay anyway um, so the film itself is set in the Z Nation universe and so just a little backstory on that it goes in the dark early days of a zombie apocalypse complete strangers band together to find the strength they need to survive and get back to the loved ones and the backstory on Z Nation is that it was a television series which ran from 2014 to 2018. Um, and the synopsis of the series is basically several years since a zombie virus swept across America. There's only one person who's who goes by the name Murphy, um, known to have survived the infection. The world's last hope at creating a vaccine. The last functioning viral lab needs blood from him for its antibodies. But the facility is in California and the man is in New York. A ragtag group of strangers work to transport him to the West Coast, but his dark secret remains hidden, which could threaten everyone. Um, Hammond and his second-in-command, Garnett, initially lead the group of the living. Later, replaced by Lieutenant Warren and a computer hacker, Citizen Z, helps everyone navigate through the zombie-infested terrain. When the group meets a man in Colorado, he offers to make Murphy the rest of the way, take Murphy the rest of the way to California. When nuclear weapons are launched, people head into survival mode and become desperate to find a cure. Um, final episode date was December 28th. 2018 so not too long ago um and I did not watch that series because I like movies I don't like like The Walking Dead really didn't like I was you lost me after a couple of seasons because it's just like oh my gosh we're still at it do you know what I mean um whereas movies it's like that one-time commitment you're into it you go through the changes you know you take me through the time lapses and all of that stuff and if you do the storytelling well, I'm cool with it. But this, these series really don't really don't grab me. You know what I mean? Um, unless there's just something compelling about it. Um, and I haven't really found a, a ton that was super compelling for me, anyway. There have been episodes that were super, super compelling, and you know, The Walking Dead. <sighs> Excuse me, I'm, um, I'm recording a little late. Anyway, um, so there have been episodes that have uh, of in the uh, Walking Dead that have compelled me, but like they just, I don't know, gone off the rails a little bit for me, or it's just not compelling for me. Anyway, so the uh, final episode aired of Z Nation, the series, December twenty eighth, twenty eighteen. Um, and anyway, so the film, this film, uh, uh, Black Summer, was released through Netflix um, in April, so this month, and received favorable ratings uh, for its runtime. Um, and as I said, I was able to binge watch this entire series largely because of the runtime of each of the episodes. Um, and for the most part, each episode ran between the shortest episode was 20 minutes and the longest episode was 45 minutes. So you can kind of like blow through that real quick. You know what I'm saying? Doing your hair, um, painting your nails, it's whatever. You can go through an episode like nothing. Um, and folks really liked it because it adhered pretty well to the genre theme. You know what I mean? So end of world apocalyptic, apocalyptical, um, zombie apocalypse type of scenario. Um, and, and the chaos that ensues with that, you know, the, the, the chaos that comes along with that. But also I think folks liked it for the same reason that I liked it, which was, you know, 
it's like they showed you so you know how in a scene there are like four different people um they did this interesting thing where they showed you the same scene like maybe once or, or like twice or three times but they showed it to you from another person in that scene's perspective which i thought was pretty cool um anyway so the entire series as i said season one um is eight episodes so you got eight episodes between 20 and 45 minutes long so easy enough to um binge watch right and your main characters are rose spears william velez kayung sun lance manny and carmen and each one of them get at least part of an episode is just is devoted to their story sometimes it's sometimes you're sh- they're sharing an episode with um another character but by and large we get some time even though these episodes are short we get some time for some character development at least character development as it relates to this um disaster this catastrophe this this situation um and we get some really good moments with these folks um there are some drawbacks too um and there was some ambitious in in some spaces I feel like the directors were a little ambitious in assuming that we would just be okay with some of the characters having light background not enough background you know what I mean um and I'll get to that but um for the most part I, I liked I liked it I like how I liked I liked all of the characters except for one um and I felt pulled into the story. I wanted, I rooted for the survival of these folks. I wanted them to succeed. I wanted them to be, to find safety. I wanted them to stick together because of strength in numbers. I wanted them to overcome whatever challenge they were facing, even though I know they were tired and they'd been running and, you know, trying to get out of harm's way, you know, you wanted to root for them. And that's at the end of the day, that's what any writer I'm sure once they want to write they want to be able to create a character that you could root for oh that was a long yawn um and you probably heard my jaw pop which is a long story but anyway my jaw pops when i yawn um anyhow um yeah that's that's pretty much the 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 film in a nutshell um yeah, I I think it was really good, and I'll so in in the next segment I'll go into what I loved about the film, um, and then after that I'll talk about what I loathed about the film, um, yeah, and then you know kind of why you should watch it if you're into um, zombie movies. So real quick, I just want to be clear the plot of Black Summer because I don't think I actually went through the plot of Black Summer is and it's kind of confusing because depending on where you read the plot of the film you're going to get a different response so from what I can tell from what you know different sites posted about the movie plus what and I keep saying movie it's a series duh um plus what the uh series itself was about it basically the main main character of all of the characters that you're following the main character is supposed to be rose it felt like the main character was supposed to be rose in the series and she has been separated from her daughter and 
the entire series is is her journey um, in this group of other people, excuse me, trying to find her daughter. Um, okay, and so let me just talk about real briefly what I loved about the series. Again, it's a series, an eight episode series. I keep saying film because I binge watched it. Anyway, um, so given my frustration with Netflix and films in general for not being inclusive um, and having cast of color, more cast members who are of color, um, I appreciate how many main characters um, are of color in this series. Um, So of all the characters I mentioned, all of the main characters except for Rose are of color. So Spears is black um, or are part of the diaspora. Velez is Latinx. Ryan is white. My bad. Um, no, no, no. Ryan. Oh, my bad. Ryan is not white. Um, Ryan is South Asian, I believe. Um, Kayung Sun is Asian. Um, Manny is Latinx and so is Carmen. Um, there's another character whose name I've forgotten, um, but he's white too. Um, but of the main characters that I had mentioned, all of them except for Rose are brown um, or are people of color. Anyway, so that was pretty awesome. Um, the women, another thing that I liked about this series is the women by and large had agency and realistically responded to situations, I felt, and kick, kick butt. You know what I'm saying? Like, they did that. Um, so, for instance, Kayung Sun and Carmen were cunning and strong. And let me just give you some detail on what, what I mean. So, Kayung Sun doesn't speak English. She doesn't speak much English. And so, throughout the entire series, she's having to figure out a way to communicate to these all of these people who also don't speak the, her, her language. Um, and so... She's communicating in these very rough and and tough situations that maybe you or I would be crying in, but like she's strong and she's figuring it out because she's got that. She's, she's, she's tough. Like she's, she's got somebody she needs to go see. I think we, we learn in the, in the series, I can't remember what episode, but we learn that she's driven and she's as passionate to get where she's going because, um, she's trying to get to her. I think it's her mother. It's either her mother or her grandmother. Anyway. So like she's, she's on a mission and she can't be stopped. And so she's not gonna let a little thing like a language barrier stop her from, you know, helping the people that are in her group to ultimately help her get to her grand, her, to get to her loved one. Um, and then Carmen, like I have some issues with generally how some of these characters were written, but what I will say about Carmen is that she is also strong and she is also cunning too. Um, and she's, she's tough. And there are parts of it is like, okay, they kind of wrote her stereotypically tough. But at the same time, you can't deny that this is a smart woman. You can't deny that she, she's got guts. You can't deny that you, if you trying to, if you into some stuff, you want somebody like her by your side, um, because she's not going to punk out. Um, and she going to think, she going to think quickly on her feet. Um, and y'all probably are going to get out of that thing unscathed. Um, or with minimal <laughs> damage to you. So um, those two characters in particular, I really appreciated again because you don't often see you. It's like you either see this cartoon 
version of a strong woman, or you see this mouse. And neither of these women, Kayung Sun or Carmen, were mice. And they weren't cartoons. It felt real. Um, yeah, it felt real. It wasn't overdone. And plus, they're probably just great actors anyway. Um, especially Kayung. Uh, uh, shoot, I forgot her name already. Hold on, let me scroll up real quick what's the the actor that played Kai Yung Sun is Yuck Gwen Lee um she's a really good actor um not that the actress that played Carmen wasn't but it's just like she was doing some acting some really great acting anyway um so yeah so the the women by and large were realistically written and they were strong in a way that made sense especially as it relates to an emergency situation such as the one that they found themselves in um, I also appreciate how most of the characters were intriguing. Um, yeah, so they weren't like stereotypically boring. Um, I can remember I was watching HBO or the hubby was watching HBO and this zombie movie came on and I think it was the day after tomorrow. No, no, no. The day after. Was it the day after? Ah. <sighs> It was like in that, remember the member back in um, the early 2000s, it was like these uh, zombie movies kept coming out. And one of them, there was one with um, Killian Murphy, Killian Murphy, and it was called The Day After Tomorrow. And it was supposed to be like uh, in the same universe as the first film, which I think was called The Day After. Um, and anyway... So the day after was set in the United States, whereas the movie that Killian was in was set in the UK. And anyway, so the movie that I'm talking about starred Ving Rhames was in it. Ving Rhames, Google it. It's it's a zombie movie with Ving Rhames in it. He's not in a ton of them. Um, and it's not a parody film. And it's like the early 2000s. And anyway, that film, the women in that film and some of the characters were just shallow and not really likable like you there was nothing about them apart from the the fact that they were in a bad situation there was nothing there was nothing about them that made you want to made you want to like them um they did the writers did this thing where the woman the lead woman in the film they made her like super wimpy um and like she was taking charge in this way in this weird way that she was also still weak it was so bizarre um and anyway so those characters were not interesting they had one character on there the dad that plays the 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 goofy dad from modern family he was in that movie playing a jerk like a rich jerk and the whole goal was this ragtag group of people were supposed to get together because and, and, um he had a yacht and if they could figure out a way to get from the center of the city or the this one side of town to uh, the ocean or to the water they could get on the yacht and at least sail away and be free from the zombie apocalypse that they were a part of anyway so like that was the journey that was the whole idea and then toward the end of that film you know the jerk the rich jerk tries to um, get away when they're when they're attacked by uh, a zombie horde and he ultimately dies but the point is like these characters they they like put some energy into wanting you to like them and, and character develop it, but not a ton, not a ton. And so 
in in Black Summer, I felt like they did more. The writers did put more work and energy into making the characters likable, um, and so and intriguing. So Spears, it's you're not sure if he is ex-military or um, or currently mil- military, and he's just deserted and he's trying to in the chaos, trying to blend in, or you know, if it's like there's a part there, like there's an aspect in the, in the, in the series where, you know, you hear more of his story and it seems as if the military is trying to, or at least some company, some military group is trying to frame him for something or trying to lead. They think he has information and he, that he swears he doesn't have. And so anyway, you don't get a whole lot of his backstory, but you get just enough to, for him to be intriguing. Belez, he wants to get to his family, his sister, because his sister has his kids in Texas. And it's not clear exactly where they are. I feel like there's like near New York, like they're in the Northeast. I'm not really sure where in the Northeast, but that you get the sense that they're kind of like in the, maybe not New England, but like mid-Atlantic. Um, area. Anyway, so Velez, when you first meet him, he's like, you think he's, you know, just like an opportunist robber, but then it turns out like he's just trying to, he's just trying to get where he's going and he's got to, he's going to get there however he needs to get there, but like he's got a big old heart of gold. Then there's Ryan, who's an interesting character because he is deaf. And my immediate reaction was like, oh my gosh, how is he going to survive? He can't hear. Um, and like your hearing is almost in this sort of scenario, his, his hearing, your hearing is almost as important at, or is as important as your, your sight. Um, and so he's intriguing. Um, and the way we meet him is just weird the way we meet him. And actually the, he, we actually meet Ryan with Kayung son, um, who's basically guiding him and helping him. And, and again, she's being tough from the very beginning, like, cause again, she's got a mission and he's part of her mission too, in a way, because it's like their strength in numbers. And so, you know, she, Oh, and that's another thing. He, nobody speaks sign language. And so not only does Kayung son not speak English, but she also doesn't speak sign language. And, and, um, speak sign language, use sign language. No, that's language. It's you're communicating. Um, it's a way of, it's communicating. No one, no one knows how to communicate using sign language, um, in this group, in this chaos. And so, um, we find Ryan and Kayung son are like an interesting pair, but nevertheless, you know, we meet them and they're running away from an emergency. Um, and, um, Manny, Manny, oh, so what I will say is that we meet Spears, Velez, Ryan, and Kayung Sun, like, early, like, within the first two episodes, um, and we don't, we meet Manny and Carmen, and I'm saying Manny and Carmen because they are a couple, um, so you've got Manny and Carmen are a romantic couple. You have Ryan and Kayung Sun, who were just a convenience couple. Velez was on his own, but he meets up with Rose, um, and then Spears was on his own, but then he also meets up with Rose. So every, you know, the group forms kind of quickly. Um, but back to Manny and Carmen, um, Manny and Carmen, you, you know, they're romantically linked, but you also know they're like, they're, they, 
their street, meaning, you know, yes, this is a disaster, but they know how to survive. Um, and so their survival instincts are kicking in. And so you're intrigued by them. They, I will get into how they were written a little bit. Um, my confusion or my concern about how they were written, but by and large, you're intrigued because you know they're a couple and they're trying to, you know, when you meet them <laughs> at first, uh, Manny is, is, is trying, is rapping to her, you know, talking to, you know, you know, just kind of pitching woo a little, uh, pitching woo, you know what I mean? Um, kind of lo- talking lovey dovey to his girl, to Carmen, you know what I mean? Um, but then we realize real quickly that, you know, zombies come in the picture and it's like oh yeah this is not this is not just some some guy talking to his woman um and and trying to finesse his woman and you know be sweet to his woman it's this guy trying to be sweet to his woman in the middle of a zombie apocalypse because they just got to keep up morale somehow and so they're all of these characters are interesting um prose is interesting too but she's also annoying and i'll talk about that um Anyway, um, so I enjoyed how the, the characters were genuinely intriguing and you wanted to learn more about them. Um, and also, I like the fact that the group that I've been talking about splits up and they and it's like they naturally split up, but then they also naturally come back together. Um, it's like they split up out of necessity um, because it's chaos. Don't forget, this is chaos. So it's not it's not. You know how when you are in like an amusement park and you come with a big group and sometimes like you have to stop in order to stay together. Otherwise, if you keep going, you will be naturally split because big old crowds and, you know, the way the nature of how crowds work is sometimes you're just caught up in the swell and you move with the crowd, especially if it's really crowded. And so it's like in the chaos, there's bombs going off. Um, because the backstory of this is the U.S. Mili- the military has decided that one of the ways that they're going to try to curb the growth and the spread of this vi- this zombie apocalypse is to bomb areas where they know that it's infected with a lot of people who are now zombies. And so you've got bombs going off, you've got air raid horns going off, you've got people crashing into cars because somebody in the car with them bit them and now they're a zombie too um or people running away and and you know running away from zombies or you there's just chaos and so they naturally break up and split into smaller groups but then they come back together and it wasn't ironic at all and I really liked it it was really it was really cool and it kept the story going and then finally, as apocalypse slash end of days drama goes, I think it was really, really good storytelling. Um, and I like the fact that people turned uh, people turned into zombies no matter what. Um, whether they were killed by a zombie or they died some other way, they turned into a zombie. And, and we saw that. We see that in a lot of apocalypse films, especially zombie apocalypse films. Um, especially, um, you know, that's that was the case in... That is the case in um, uh, Walking Dead. Um, and so that we learned that. But I, I just like the fact that it doesn't matter. Once you die, you're a zombie. And so you have to deal with that. Um, and so, yeah, because there's nothing... Like, the, the threat doesn't end 
just because you killed someone who turned into a zombie because they were bitten. The threat is around whether, like, everybody could be cool around you, no cuts, no scrapes, no nothing. But, excuse me, the minute they die, they're a zombie. Um, Yeah, so there was a lot to like in this film, or in this series. Again, I keep saying film because I binge-watched it, but there was a lot to like in this film, this series. There was also a few things to loathe. And I'll talk about that in the next segment. So now let me talk about some of the things that I loathed. And of those things, they were pretty significant. Um, at least to me, if you're really paying attention to how they use the characters of color. Um, uh, yeah. So this series wanted so badly to save and protect white women, especially Rose. Um, I say white women because there was early on in like episode two, there was another white woman that it was like, she was, she was only there for like maybe one episode, but it was like, they were, she was trying to prove her utility to Kayung Sun and Manny, uh, not Manny, but uh, Velez, who were at one point together. Um, but, you know, it ended up being that she was just kind of useless. Um, and it's like I hated how they used her, but then I also hated how she was literally just in the back doing nothing but like hollering and screaming. And I was just like, ugh, can you not? While these two people of color are doing the work, you're literally doing nothing. Like you don't have a gun, you don't you don't have anything. You're literally just a bump on a log. Um anyway, but yeah, they it's just like the way that they used white women, or at least the, the the main characters or the ones that you wanted to pay they they wanted you to pay attention to was kind of icky. And especially Rose, um, who was the supposed to be the main character who was trying to chase after her daughter. And, you know, in the beginning they want her to be hardcore. Um, but they quickly turn her into a damsel in distress and in distress, and I'll get into kind of that in a minute. But basically in the beginning you know, we meet her, her husband and her daughter, and they are getting ready to um, get the all clear, I guess, from like when the sirens, the air horns go off, you know, certain part of the day, all the it's safe for you to come out of your house and then you can run to this army checkpoint where if you're cleared and they feel like you're not a threat to be, you know, turned into a zombie, um, they will put you on this truck and they'll take you to the army base so that you can be flown out to a safe place um and so you know we see them and they're you know rough and tough and you know she's you see that she's running faster than her husband but she's got her daughter and her daughter's you know moving and shaking and you know she's making the 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 moves to try to get the family to the checkpoint and then you learn like in the checkpoint that the reason why her husband was moving slowly is because he had a wound um and so um you know, there's uh, some trouble that ensues and long story short, before they they get to the checkpoint and they're able to put their daughter on the the truck, but they're not on the truck um, because again, they don't want, the army is not going to allow anybody who's seriously wounded to get on the truck with them because I guess they knew at the time that, you know, if you were close to dying before they could figure out 
you know, how to reverse whatever happens when you die, you, you turning into a zombie when you die, they just didn't want to take you. Um, and so there was a struggle and then, you know, the, uh, truck takes off with their daughter and then you, there's just Rose and her husband that are left. And, you know, and so she's strong and she, they hobble back to their home and, or somebody's home. And, and she's like, you got to be strong and blah, blah, blah. And then before you know it, her husband is passed away. Um, and then he also has turned into a zombie. And so there's a scene where she's running away. She's running away from her husband and she climbs this fence and trying to get away from her husband. And so she's at the top of the fence and there's barbed wire on top of the fence. And she's, you know, trying to figure out how to climb over the fence without getting cut up by the barbed wire. And then all of a sudden you hear bop, bop, bop. And it is, um, Spears who has shot her husband and put him down. And then she climbs down and then she kind of blankly and, and, and kind of like just that space looked in her space look in her face. Um, she comes up to him and she throws her arms around him and says, please protect me. And I have to find my baby. You have to help me find my baby. And it's just like the optics on that was gross because what that essentially said was, you know, they turned her into being this hardcore, strong woman who's going to try to get her family to safety to this damsel in distress that begged her black hero, um, to lead her to her daughter. Um, yeah. And so that's basically Spears job throughout the course of the series to protect Miss Rose, which is icky to me. That's, I don't care how you call it. Again, I appreciate how they tried to tease his background. Is he a war criminal? Is he a deserter? Or is he just this framed guy? Um, or this sad guy who's been framed. But the undertow of that is that he is serving as Miss Rose's um, bodyguard and, and safety person, which is gross. Also, the people of color did all of the hard labor, all of it. So remember when I told you that Kayum son and uh, William Velez were in the van and the, what this older white woman was in the back? Like she was doing so much heavy lifting at one point she uh son climbed out out of the side of the the passenger window and got up on top of the van to knock a to try to knock a um a zombie off the um off the car she's you know risking her neck to get the the van unstuck or something unstuck from the van she's also again she does not speak english but um the older white woman that was in the car didn't have her glasses so she couldn't really read a map so kayung son has to now help uh william velez navigate uh using a map and she cannot speak english i don't know how she was able to read english but she couldn't speak it well um so she was doing that. She was fighting people. She was pushing people around. Like now, mind you, she was trying to keep Ryan at safe to safe, lead Ryan to safety. But that didn't. That was actually that was still work. There was a whole lot of work, but it, like it was work with a purpose. It was like I felt like in any with any other character, she was doing a lot of work and she didn't need to. Like she was doing work for other characters, and I thought that was rude. Um, yeah, and. Um, they also here's something else that just grossed me out so there was a diner scene i think it was episode three um 
and basically so they introduced these three latinx characters so we had we were introduced to william velez in like episode two and we we're introduced to manny and carmen in episode three or four i think and anyway when they meet they meet in this diner and when they meet they instantly can't stand each other and they try to make it seem like it's a it's a the writers try to make it seem like william velez doesn't like the carmen and um Manny because they're younger they're millennials and they don't have respect but I feel like who the writers might have been white or at least not of I mean they were white um because that's not how that played out it didn't play out like it was a, a, a generation thing it played out like if you switch those characters out it seemed like it was written for a white person but you just did it for like I don't think whoever wrote it paid attention to the optics of what that would look like because you pitted two Latinx three Latinx people against each other basically well the couple and then the couple against William Velez and it almost had a like a diasporatic war a little bit like I don't know they made it seem like William Velez was from Mexico or his people were from Mexico um, because they lived in Texas, I guess. I guess I just kind of assumed that. So maybe that's my bias. But that um, Manny and Carmen were from like the island. So like D- DR or Puerto Rico or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, and so it kind of made it seem like there was a, it just didn't look right. It didn't sound right. And also they made them super aggressive like super aggressive like when I tell you Carmen was strong like they made her seem like they made her seem like she was a hood rat and 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 again there's nothing wrong with there is nothing wrong from your background where you are from is is who you is a part of who you are and makes who you are but they just wrote her like you know how those movies from the 90s where it's like ASA you know what I mean it's like I don't know stereotypical is about the best way I can describe it like you wanted to like I wanted to learn more about Carmen I wanted to learn more about Manny more about Carmen than Manny but anyway I wanted to learn more about them but they just made them seem so aggressive and disrespectful but like I didn't get a generational disrespect because they were generally disrespectful to Kayung son and yeah just in general they made them seem weird and like not written in a, in a I don't know I didn't like how they were written but there were still redeemable qualities about them because again you know, at the end of the day, it's an apocalypse. So, of course, they're going to make sure that um, there are some redeeming qualities. Like, they they do value strength in numbers and that they, they do want everyone to survive because at the end of the day, they recognize that nobody, nobody wants to be in this position. But you do what you have to. Nobody did anything to be there. But still, they pitted them against each other and they made them super aggressive. Especially Manny. They made him seem like he had anger management issues. And I'm just like, I don't know that this is the place for us to explore this. Maybe there, there's a way that you could have him humanize him in a different way. Um... Yeah, and then maybe, maybe you don't make Manny like super macho, and you know what I mean. Like I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, um, also back to Rose. Rose basically did nothing but cried and got the people she was traveling with into serious trouble. So first, the diner scene. Um, actually, was it the diner? Was it the diner scene? So there's this episode, I think it's either episode four or episode five, where they get into this, 
she spears and Ryan. Um, she spears Ryan and there's another character, um, which get into the school and there's a whole episode like they basically spend the entire episode in the school and it's kind of one of those uh lord of the fly situations where kids are running the school and they're playing these games on these adults and like basically helping them turning them into zombies for sport um and and getting them to be chased away by zombies for sport anyway um so there's clearly a point where spears who may or may not be a soldier feels like that. So Ryan is, uh, sees this young boy and this young boy is like running around. Um, and every time Ryan gets close or they get close, he runs away again. And so Ryan, the, the, the man who, um, is hearing impaired, um, he's like, we got to go after him because he thinks that the kid is, uh, hearing impaired too. And so, um, so he's trying to sign to him. He's trying to chase after him so that he can sign to him. Cause again, he's convinced that he's hearing impaired and he wants to help him. Um, and so, but Spears is like, you know what? It could be that the little boy is hearing impaired, but it also could be that he is bait. Like it's a trap. And Rose puts on this, you know, the puppy dog, white girl you know, face and it's like, no, we're not doing this. She stomps her feet, I guess. I don't know. And anyway, she's like, no, we're not doing this. We're gonna, we're, we're not leaving unless we get this little kid or whatever, something like that. Basically, she like overrides Spears. Spears looks like he knows what he's talking about. Like he sound like he been he didn't been here before. Like he sound like he's like making sense. Anyway, but they ignore him. And come to find out, they should have listened to Spears the whole time because it was a trap. And so, as a result, they get split. And they get hurt. And they have to go running again. And something happens to Ryan. And all because Rose was just being weird and stupid and got people into trouble. Then, they find themselves in the diner. Dealing with stuff in the diner. And... Rose doesn't do anything. Everybody else is picking up bodies or picking up weapons and doing this and that and a third. Rose is just walking around looking stupid. Like, what is her utility? She literally has no utility. The only reason why she's still in the series at this point um, for me is that because the, the writer started out with her trying to find her daughter and they just kept her in there to keep finding her daughter. Because even even when there's, a, there's an episode where they go get ammunition because they want to kind of fight their way to... Oh, excuse me. I did it again. Um, hopefully that's the last big yawn. Anyway, they, there's this episode where they re-up on supplies because they need to make it to this army base um, so that they can get rescued. Um, or this checkpoint so that they can get rescue, rescued. Um, and again, uh, Rose is still trying to find her daughter. Anyway, there's this one there's this one point where they go to this place to get the ammunition. It's a complicated plan, apparently, that we're, we're told that they've come up with um, to try to, you know, divert attention away from the fact that they were trying to steal all these weapons. And anyway, so Rose is put in this room. And th- well, first off, she's felt up by this creepy bouncer looking guy. And then she's placed in this in a room by the same creepy bouncer looking guy. And then the guy comes back and he begins to try to 
have his way with her. But before he gets too close, you know, something happens. And so everybody runs in chaos and blah, blah, blah. But the point is, like, they use her as, like, bait, I guess. It's, like, implied that they knew, the group knew, especially Manny and Carmen knew that the bouncer would like her. Um, And so they used her as, like, a honeypot, basically. And I didn't even like that because it's, like, now this character that I don't like, now you got me wanting to root for her safety because y'all used her as a sexual decoy I hated it like that was stupid I really hated it it's Rose really had no utility at all the only reason why she stayed in the in the entire series was because the the creators set up the fact that she her she was separated from her daughter her husband is is dead and she needed to be reunited like that was it and you, you know surprise surprise at the very last episode you get the reunite you, you know you get they get reunited um and it is a good last episode, but it's just, ugh. what was the point of Rose? Like, I appreciated the other characters, even with their flaws, but like, what was the point of Rose? So yeah, those are the things that I didn't like about uh, Black Summer. So yeah, overall, I there were a ton of things to like about this film. Again, I really appreciated um, the um, the characters of color. I love. I really enjoyed Kayung Sun. I think she was my favorite, to be honest with you. Spears was the most intriguing because of just his backstory, whether or not he was a spy, a war criminal, or just some poor guy who's been framed by the military during this chaos but um Kayung san was just so extraordinary because she figured out a way to survive and she couldn't speak much english and she wasn't gonna let you try to shame her into that she was gonna figure it out y'all were gonna figure it out you was gonna figure you were gonna pay attention to how she was pantomiming things you were gonna figure it out um because you didn't have time to be racist and hateful and so i think i liked her the best um like I said I couldn't stand Rose and her only purpose was to be reunited with her child so I'm hoping if there is a season two which it sounds like there will be that um it'll focus on the other characters and she can just go away um yeah like I said I love the fact that I kept saying it was a movie because I binged it I binged watched it because each episode like I said the shortest episode was 20 minutes and the longest was 45 so you know, it would be different if each episode was 45 minutes. I don't know that I would have been able to finish it in one sitting, but I did. And so what did I, you know, I did, maybe it was a day. It took me a day. Um, but yeah, I finished it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I recommend it if you like zombie movies. Um, definitely. This is a good one. Zombie films. This is definitely a good one. Um, I can't speak for, speak to Z Nation. I don't, I can't say that I'll watch it, um, but I did like this series. So I will be back for season two, so long as Rose is a diminished character in it. Um, yeah. All right. So that is it for now. Um, be sure to visit me on anchor.fm. Um, leave me a favorable comment and donate. Um, even 99 cents will be a helpful contribution. And if you can't donate or you don't want to donate, just tell somebody about the show. Um, 
telling somebody about a favorite episode that you like this episode or another one um, is a great way to spread the word um, and get the show more exposure. Also, feel free to um, leave favorable ratings for the show on whatever platform you're listening to, Spotify, uh, Google, Pocket Cast, CastBox, um, yeah, all of the, all of the places, all of the places, Anchor, of course, all of the spots though. Um, yeah, I really, really, really appreciate it. Okay. All right. That is it. All right. Until next time. Thank you.